On this episode, join Andy and John as they hop in the hay burner, jump in the jalopy, and give you the skinny on old wrestling's extravaganza. Huzzah! Don't be a dude dropper, and you'll get an earful. That's bushwalk, it's bull honky, it's horse feathers, I tell ya. Grab yourself a gasper, some giggle juice, and a bit of the choice calico. It's the road home from wrestling, the bee's knees and the cat's pajamas. At Old Wrestling. My name's Andy. I'm coming to you live to take from the road home from wrestling world mobile time machine of the world. And I got John in the front seat. What up, John? Not much, guys. I am so glad to be back in the 1920s. Things were so much easier back then. Back then, uh, you know, we were finally through the Spanish flu of the 18, 1818. Sure. Mm -hmm. And we're good to go. Yeah, it's true. You know, I feel better as well. And I love being in the past. It's been two years since we've been to the past, John. And uh, we took someone with us this time. It wasn't just what? you and me. This time, we brought a gentleman by the name of Brandon, a.k.a. The Underwaiter. What's up, Brandon? Hey, it's Brandon, a.k.a. The Underwaiter. This is my first time in 1920, uh, so that's pretty cool. I got my spenders, my bow tie, and all my knickknacks, and I am ready to go. Awesome. Well, we're going to lean on you a little bit. I mean, this is just our second experience going to the past. Sure. You know, time travel has a little bit of side effects. So we'll talk about that stuff, of course. But um, It explains my third year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're going to lean on you a little bit for, you know, your thoughts on your first experience at Old Wrestling, which is where we were today. Old right. Wrestling um, is a place that we've been to one other time, and it was two years ago, almost to the day, John. Do you believe that? I do believe that. It was a magical experience then. It was. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun then. And I figure we got to come back for an episode because I really feel like that that old uh, timey episode that we did last time was one of the best episodes of the Road Home from Wrestling podcast we ever did. So we got to come back, you know? I would agree. So here we are. Um, John, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your experience uh, this time versus last time as, as far as just a couple thoughts, you know? Uh, so I think last time I might have enjoyed it just slightly better, but only because uh, I had a, a, such a hero that I was cheering for the mm -hmm. entire time, and uh, Inky Scoops, and uh, he just, he's moved on to California, and he's done wrestling, and he's hung his boots up, um, but you know, I still enjoyed this show. There was someone that looked like vaguely familiar. But not quite. We'll talk about him. Yeah, you know. Uh, but this show was also very fun. I got to vote. Yes. And I love voting as an American citizen. <laughs> it is my right to vote. That's a fact. And thank you for that. How yeah. about you? What was your experience like? Um, this time versus last time. Uh, I agree with you a little bit. The first time was like one of the most magical experiences of all time. And it's like you're chasing. You can't quite get back to that. I tell you what, man. I had a lot of fun today. And I can't wait to talk about it. Now, Brandon, this is your first time going to old wrestling. Yeah. I know that you have a, also a third year, which is really weird. It's just something that happens when you travel in time. And I don't know. nipples somehow. That's okay. crazy. I thought you already had that. But, um, <laughs> you know, these things happen. Whatever. Um, but uh, what was your, like, overall thoughts on the show as far as, like, you're used to going to, like, kind of more hardcore, kind of indie wrestling type stuff. Is that correct? Yes, I am. I, if you know me from Unsanctioned Pro, that's my bread and butter. Um... But, and I watched, you know, I, I've seen old wrestling 
uh, on IWTV, but seeing it in person <laughs> it's a little different, is right? a completely different beast. I, I, from the moment I was standing in line for popcorn and heard the hum of the ragtime band come on and watched the curtains open and, and uh, the, the ring announcer came out to the ring, I was like, we're really in there, man. It is, <laughs> it is a whole different experience. It's like, an, it's like another world. It is. It's so yeah. wild. That's accurate. You know, and and I mean, of course, like you said, John, the 1920s, um, they're a much simpler time, you know. And so things in general are simpler. And and I like that. I like simple. I don't like uh, complicated. So I'm really happy about coming here with that particular thing, you know, being a ca the case. Now, um, John, tell us a little bit about the venue. We've talked about it before, but tell us again about the venue for the old wrestling extravaganza. Uh, well, this is a perfect venue for the old wrestling uh, because it's a horse stable and most people arrive on their horse and buggies mm -hmm. um, and so it's a perfect place to park your horse during the show and then you just, uh, you know, get your, you get your ticket from the valet, the horse valet, and they just bring you your horseback at the end of the show. <laughs> is that who that guy was? Yeah. I thought he was just stealing horses. No. Huh. I mean, he might have been. I mean, hey, you never know what's going to happen at these uh, shows. But yeah, it's like a big open like barn area, luckily with a ceiling and walls because it was a, a little rainy at the beginning of the show. It was, it was. And we were worried a little bit. I was yeah. worried. I was like, fuck, is this going to get all screwed up here? Now, um, Brandon, did you see the guy that was sitting on his horse the whole time? He decided not to give it up and just sat on his horse the whole time? No, I didn't. Really? Okay. No. And I'm not mad at that guy no. because it's an elevated view. So he was able to, you know, all the people who were like blocking his view. He's seeing he's over him. It's true. I think I wouldn't miss a horse, but hey, man. Uh, well, of course. Um, but he, you know, my problem with the guy with the horse was that he just let it kind of shit all over the place. And it was just kind of like, <laughs> brother, you know, can we get somebody to at least pick that up? Now, I know. Is that know, what that smell was? Because I mm, kept smelling it the whole show. I don't think that's what that smell was. No, no. that was Judge Hugo. That was, <laughs> that was Judge Hugo. You're, you're rude. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, you mentioned that we got to vote today. Now, last time we went to uh, to old wrestling, as you said before, the the story revolved around a gentleman named Inky Scoops who had lost his money that he had won at the previous show. He got his money back. Apparently, he moved to South America. Is what I heard. Oh. And yeah, he's actually um, you know he's traveling the world. He, I heard that he actually discovered Machu Picchu. Um, that's just what I heard. But um, so he's really got to be raking in the money now. Yeah, well, he's and he's on it having adventures. Imagine the adventures that Inky Scoops is out there having right now. Hopefully, he writes about them. I would love to read an Inky Scoops. Well, I mean, extra, extra, right? You know. Yeah. So, uh, so Brandon, who were the two candidates, and what were they running for on this particular evening? So you had Representative Goldstein and uh, Chief Justice Taft. Thank you for clapping. Um, and they were running for U.S. Secretary of Slams. Yes. And uh, they had a fair, a fair, clean election right up until the end, hmm. which uh, we'll talk about. Yeah, well, I think I think we should read what their platform. Yeah, they were, well, we're, we're going to get to that, John. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Okay. But yes, you're right. Um, okay, do it now. Then go ahead and do it now. But here's one thing I do want to mention: is that I had to educate both of you on who. Volstead is, you know, and what he represents, because you, if you're familiar, there was this act that went through Congress or Senate or whatever the hell they call that, and this gentleman named Volstead was the one who introduced it, and uh, the Volstead Act is where they got rid of liquor. No more liquor, John, and guess 
that includes beer and you like beer i do like beer but sometimes i you know i see the effects of beer based off some of these wrestlers who are hopped up on the hooch as they say oh. um and you know so i see the side effects of it and i might abstain from alcohol here here forth so law and order is more important to you than alcohol if i am acting like those people that were on in that ring tonight then yes well jock samson's my hero and anyone who acts like him is a clean individual who is not drunk but just having a good time okay john if you say so mm, yeah we'll get into it okay now john you know i don't want to interrupt you any further did you want to talk about the <laughs> platforms of these two channels <laughs> yeah i it, i i will talk about Volstead and Brandon. i will talk about that all right we got advocates here now tell me what are you reading what tome are you reading from right now uh, the the uh, pamphlet of old wrestling. Yeah, the program, right? Yes. Which we've talked about before. It has all the matches listed with a little checkmark box where you can put who won, and it also has each candidate's um, uh, platform. So, what what can you speak for Mr. Volstead? Uh, yes. Uh, so the platform he's running on, uh, there will be no cheering. Absolutely none. There's no reason to raise your vocal cord higher than it needs to be. Like, how I'm speaking right now is perfectly fine. If you want to clap softly for someone, can you hear that? That's how loud you should be I clapping. Can't, I can't hear it at all. Okay, okay. well, then, then, it was, then I am properly clapping. Was that the sound of one hand clapping? No, it was, a, it was like a golf clap. Oh, golf. I'm not familiar with that game. Uh, there will be uh, Judge Hugo will appoint all officials... Which I Judge Hugo calls everything down the line. He is such a fair judge. I've never seen a judge more fair than him. Now, John, I, I have to interrupt you a little bit here because I feel like that if he was the one who was going to appoint all the officials, that maybe our favorite official of the evening would not have been appointed, and we never would have saw him. Um, I think Judge Hugo has turned a, a new leaf, and he probably would have still appointed him. Okay. Um, prohibition strictly reinforced <laughs> which again I agree with after seeing Jock Sampson and Clean uh, just stumbling around so like Clean drunk. is a different guy but yeah okay. is it a yeah. different guy? Mm -hmm. okay yes it is a different guy <laughs> Burley Bill Taylor Clean's, Clean's a guy we know so that's, that's pretty dumb but well okay. he was drunk off something well maybe you're drunk off something and then Senator Shepard becomes treasurer of charitable donations, which Senator Shepard. Yeah. Who didn't vote for him, you know? Ace? Uh, well, that's on you. Okay. Because I think he does a very good job. He knows where the money needs to go, whose pockets it needs to what? line. What? Whose pockets it needs to line and what charitable <laughs> uh businesses need the money. Mm, okay, John. All right. Well, you've made your case. Uh, Brandon, can you uh, help us with uh, William Howard Taft, who is from Cincinnati, by the way, John? Yeah. Okay. The uh, the opposition of the Crook Party, I believe they're called, um, <laughs> he encourages loud clapping, hooting, hollering, cheering, and roughhousing. Roughhousing, John? Well, That's despicable. It is exciting. If First, you say so. Second of all, Judge Hugo, if that is his real name, <laughs> will be investigated. Mm -hmm. uh, drawing it down the line, not so sure. I saw the size of his gavel, and I'm not talking about the one he brought out first. Okay? Or, or the one in his pants? Or the yeah, one in his pants. that gavel was impressive, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> 
solid head on. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, prohibition gone. The boys drink the hooch. Mm -hmm. The girls drink whatever they want. Everybody gets everything that they need to get through the day. A beer, a wine, a liquor. You barely know her. Um, <laughs> then, uh, if he wins... What were you doing, John? <laughs> if he wins, his first order business will happen on that very day... Which it did. It I, did. It did. And we will wait till the very end to tell you what that first order business was. And it was great. It was pretty great. We all benefited from it. Even you, John. I did. That's Washington at work for you, John. That's right. John's like, I don't want tax cuts and then you spend that money on stuff for yourself. You know what I mean, you fucker? Anyway, well, that was a lot of fun. That sets everything up. But, John... Our, uh, the opening thing that happened was a big surprise for us. You know, we got there, we hung around, we said hi to a few people. The uh, the band was playing, the amazing ragtime band, and the greatest drummer of all time, Jamie Coy. Pretty sure his name is. Yeah. <laughs> he looks just like our friend Jamie Coy. And Jamie Coy's, uh... <laughs> his, his grandpa or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And uh, that guy had the time of his life, as he did last time we were here. Um, but John, tell me, what was the first like? What was the first order of business of the day? Uh, the ring announcer, pardon me for not getting his name, he came out and uh, kind of introduced us to what was going on today, and he let us know that there is a new ref in town, mm -hmm. and that ref is Refy Counts. Refy Counts, which and this is what I meant by like there was someone who looked very vaguely familiar, very, very vague. and vaguely. That's kind it's of an oxymoron. It's it <laughs> can't be both. Well, whatever. Okay, he was very familiar looking. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, somebody who looked like Inky Scoops. He looks just like him. It turns out, Inky sent some of his money to his uh, cousin, Refy Counts. And Refy Count is now a trained and licensed referee in the state of Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I probably every state in the United States. Yeah. Um, Since there's no such thing as a ref's license, you're right. Well, there's an in-ring license. Oh, for Kentucky or whatever? Yeah. This ain't Kentucky, brother. <laughs> well, you don't know the other state's rules. I, I do. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, a ref count. Yes! It's here, and he is here to stay. We were so excited. We, we were like, oh my God, Inky, we love you. And he's like, oh, I'm not Inky, I'm not Inky, right? Because like, we didn't know. We, he looks just like him, you know? Like, I was so excited. Almost identical twins, honestly. I, I mean, Brandon, if there's one thing I could wish for you in your life, you know, maybe we can do this actually, um, is, is you know, that we use the time machine again so that you can see the glory that is Inky Scoops. Um, he's one of the, our favorite characters of all time in pro wrestling. We only saw him one time. That's how great he was. So. Honestly, he might be my favorite character <laughs> in pro wrestling. He was so amazing. So... That was the greatest thing ever. We were happy to see him. And this referee, this this refi scoot or refi, excuse me, refi counts. Excuse me. Uh, this guy, he was very expressive. He was. He let everybody knew know what he was feeling um, at all times. So I mean, you can't ask much more from a referee, can you? No. no. I guess maybe count and stuff like that too. <laughs> the rules, but, you know, it's fine. You know, the rules, whatever they. That's just a good natural human quality. You want someone to be expressive when they're like talking to you, mm -hmm. so that way you know like whether they're in a good mood or a bad mood, whether they're sad or happy, which is the same thing. Whether they're feeling frustrated 
or sympathetic if you can see that expression on their face. It's true. Now, Brandon, I can see the expression on your face. Um, we, you've gotten your popcorn. You're sitting there. You're seeing all this stuff. I mean, the show's about to start. How are you feeling at this moment? I, I feel like a little kid. <laughs> I, it, I, it's a... I, 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 I geeked out with Effie. I, 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 I had so many wonderful, joyous laughs. It, the, the, I'm sitting there feeling like a little kid, and I'm, I'm. Oh, that's that's the desired effect, I think. It right? is. It is exactly what it is. I, uh, I, I, I am looking forward to my next time going there. I won't. I, I don't know if I'll have that same magic, but for, for the first time being there, that magic is real. It's, I've never been to Disney World, but I have to assume it's similar. I've been to Disney World. Old wrestling's better. So there you go. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. Wow. Yeah. They can suck it. So, <laughs> John, what was the first match of the night? Our opening contest was a six-man cyclone. It was Queen, Arthur MacArthur, and Vinny Mandelbaum. <laughs> that is how you pronounce that. Listen, my like whole deal is I literally don't know how to pronounce people's names. You don't so, know that stuff. Mandelbaum versus Marion Fontaine, Jock Sampson, and Burley Bill Taylor. Now you had an issue with Jock Sampson and Burley Bill. Yeah, they were hopped up on the hooch. So what? And so what? That's a dangerous uh, like in-ring experience for the other opponents. How's that? Because they're sloppy. They literally can't even walk straight like Bill bill was just stumbling everywhere marion literally had to like clap and like guide them into the ring because they didn't know where they were at and you're telling me that that is something safe hey, for people like arthur and Vinny and clean you ever you know you ever have a friend just got some idiosyncrasies you know they're just kind of they got some things about them that are interesting you know I mean, wander to the ring and stuff like that. You don't find that to be fun and interesting? I think it would be fun as long as they're not getting in there, getting physical with somebody else. Well, the one guy didn't at all, pretty much. So, Burly Bill just didn't tag in at all the whole match. He just because he was his, drunk. Man. He didn't know where he was at. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. So, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, now, you know, we noticed something immediately, too, about Clean. So, Clean was um, outed as the guy who stole Inky's money. At the last show, unbelievable. And and, and John, did you? Uh, will you describe to Brandon like what was missing from Clean's uh, gear that we saw? That was like, hey, this is what you used last time. There was there was continuity in old wrestling. There was. If you looked at Clean's arms, he had a long sleeve shirt on. Well, it wasn't long sleeve Not on anymore. both sides because I believe the right arm had the sleeve cut off mm -hmm. because he used that as a mask <laughs> last time to hide his identity. That's how he got caught, too. <laughs> and he, like, obviously he's so poor that he wasn't able to go buy another shirt. It's true, it's true, yeah. He wasn't able to go buy another shirt to, uh, you know, have another sleeve. So. In the world of old wrestling, you're either dirt poor and all your clothes are torn and stuff like that, or you have all the money in the world. It's one or the other, so... You know, there is no in-between. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. Yeah, so we wouldn't be able to live back then, I don't think. So, no. actually, all my clothes would just be torn. I'd be rolling around the third every morning. And then I would put on the facade that I was rich. <laughs> You'd say, <laughs> you and, you and uh, uh, Judge Hugo just hanging out all day long, huh? Uh, I would be fine with that. So, what you're trying to tell me is a senator guy, you were talking about him lining the right pockets. 
So your pockets are some of those pockets, huh, John? Hey, my vote goes to the spot that fills my pockets. Oh my God, the highest bidder. You son of a bitch, John. Whatever bureaucrat. It is. Whatever pads my wallet has my respect. <laughs> okay. Well, Brandon, what did you think of this drunken shenanigans here with these uh, two really fun guys? <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Um, <laughs> I, uh, they, uh, they were really drunk. That hooch must have been some powerful moonshine, brother. Did you see know. what happened when uh, Marion Fontaine took a drink of it and he, he, he took a bump? He did. And he passed out. Yeah. Jesus. I've, I've never seen a, a Fontaine's mustache curl so quick. It was, <laughs> it was lethal. And you guys want that to be legal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you should be able to choose whether you want to curl your own mustache or not. Yeah. Via, via an alcoholic I, beverage. I, so. It'll, it'll help me grow sideburns. There you go. It, I, I hear it puts uh, hair on your liver, you know, so that's good for you, too. What are you going to do? Yeah. Mary, Marion Fontaine, I've never got to see wrestle in person. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he was one of the guys that I was actually really excited to see. Uh, and he puts on a show, man. I, I really, really like this was probably my favorite match to be honest. With really? You. Okay. Yeah, I was I was in love with the whole the whole process. Um, the, I, I think you put it the best: the burly men versus the drunk people. It was <laughs> basically how it went. But, but yes, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I was it's, maybe it was the the giddiness of being there and seeing the first match, the first bell, uh, or or some magic of it. But I was oh man, I was just I was elated. Well, while John was being a prude, uh, me and Brandon actually uh, took a little swig off the uh, hooch bottle, and uh, that's why we were having fun. So I know John's sitting there with a sourpuss like, I don't like fun. Fun's for fucking jerks, you know? And uh, we were over there having a blast, so. I mean, I did have fun during this match mm, because did, huh? I thought the strongmen were very inspiring. Oh, okay. Uh, especially because Vinny, half the match, was working them over. I think he's like their personal trainer. Mm. So I admit, like, at one point in the middle of the match, he had both of them get on the outside, clean and Arthur, and start making them do squats and, like, uh, bicycle kicks and, um, you know, tricep curls, bicep curls. I think it's tricep rows. Okay. You clearly, you know, know all about that, right? <laughs> Me too, obviously. We're buff stuff, I mean, you know? Vinny was a very impressive man. Did he you, was. He did was. Did see him when he had Marion up in a suplex and just carried him around the ring for like 12 minutes? 12 minutes? More like three seconds. It was not three seconds. You're lying. You're a liar. Um, I Now, something I was impressed by. Uh, we've seen the, you know, Iron Sheik do it in the future. Um, not that far in the future, but somewhere in the future. And uh, that was that Mr. Clean, or Clean, excuse me, he came out with uh, the, uh, you know, the, I don't know what you call those things, these giant clubs. And he was doing the Iron Sheik routine with the, with the clubs. That is very impressive. Those things are so strong. And he was acting, or they were so heavy, and he was acting like they were heavy. So they must be. You know, that's how that works. Uh, clean would never lie. No, well, he did that one time. But we never, yeah, we never cheat us out of anything. Well, I mean, past past um, behavior is not a predictor of future behavior. I mean, only idiots think that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. okay, fair enough. Um, so, Brandon, you said you loved this match. Tell me something you loved about it, please. Something that I loved about it. Um, comedy wrestling is is not something that I have very much experience with. Uh, but you put Refi Counts, Marion Fontaine, Vinnie Mandelbaum, and the Strongmen together. And 
the, the, the point where, uh, which was it, was it Clean or Arthur who came in and was in, like, went up for the, uh, the collar and elbow tie up and just came from three stories up. That was Arthur MacArthur. He went, he had bad form apparently, right? It was a terrible form. <laughs> it was terrible form. And then he's screaming at him and hooting and hollering. And it's just like the whole, the, the, Arthur MacArthur is an amazing strong man. But his form is god awful now. That just the character that built that through the whole match is just that's great. Clean being clean <laughs> was great. Vinny barking orders was great. It was it just looked like a, a bunch of sailors just fall, falling up to, falling apart while trying to put themselves together. It was it was great a great work the whole match. Just like Humpty Dumpty. Just like is Humpty what you're Dumpty. saying. Um, but he couldn't put himself back together, right? He need all the courses and all the cleans, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, what what happened to the match, Sean? What do you mean, what happened? Well, I wrote notes, didn't I, about the matches and, like, told you what happened and stuff so we could talk about it on the podcast. You remember how we do this? I mean, your notes on this are bare minimal. Okay, so what so, happened in the match? So, the end of the match is Jock gets the pin on Vinny with a splash. That's right. Because Vinny got real cocky and he was doing some bicep. You know, he was letting us see how big his biceps it's were. Gun show, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he would not stop doing that. And so, uh, what's it, Billy? Billy and Jock, they took advantage of it. <laughs> Burly Bill. Burly Bill and Jock, they, they didn't know which way was up for most of the match until they finally got in and cleaned house. Yeah. Well, Jock did. Jock Sam's a tremendous wrestler, by the way. Uh, seen him all over the place. One time, I was talking to him in the future, and he told me he called uh, he called um, Space Monkey a terrible name to me. I mean, something I can't repeat. So, I'd like you to say it. Though. No, I'm not gonna say it on this show. Go back and listen to our Remix Pro episodes if you want to hear that. So. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was the match. So, uh, Marion Fontaine, Jock Samson, and Burley Bill Taylor picked up the victory. Yeah, so the good guys win. We celebrate. We're all so happy. John's just sitting there like, I don't like And it was something else we forgot to mention is that every time a wrestler was announced tonight or a group of wrestlers, they were either representing the team of William Howard Taft or Volstead Jerkface. And so it's true. Mm -hmm. So that was something that was interesting. So throughout the night, we had the storyline going of who's gonna who's gonna win. John, what was the next match? Our next match was Lee Mitchell versus Felino Blanco. That's right. Now, uh, last time uh, we saw Felino Blanco versus someone, and I can't remember who it was. Wasn't but, it um, um, the, the monkey? The oh, Simba Monkey. That's Simba right. Monkey. Window. That was versus Danhausen. Um, it was. Yeah, I don't know. Last year, uh, Felino Blanco was also on the show. He was tremendous. And Lee, Moore, Lee uh, Mitchell, Mitchell, excuse me, yeah. is a guy that we're all familiar with from the Indies in the future. Uh, he probably won't be on the Indies for long. So this is a rare opportunity to see a gentleman who is maybe, you know, like one of the best, like, technical wrestlers or however you want to put that around uh, in a situation where technical wrestling is not needed. Now, Brandon, can you explain to me the, the difference in the style of old wrestling versus everything else in the world? Old wrestling is, as a style, I mean, it's, when you think of, uh, I don't want to say carny, but when you think of like old, strong men, a Hulk Hogan type, uh, uh, do a scoop slam, uh, throw them against the ropes, rough them up, do some chops, uh, and pin them in lead. I would 
saying is, is your your old style, right? Um, whereas everybody in old time wrestling it goes way above and beyond that. They they, they bring a new life to that. Um, but with with Lee, you've got your strong style technical wrestling. With Felino Blanco, you've got your luchador style wrestling, um, and they can just go back and, well, at least, at least no slap, so let's not say that. They're both not super athletic and super agile wrestling. They are they super are. athletic. And yeah. Yes. Um, I think I would say this was probably the closest to like a traditional independent wrestling match. From the future, yes. From the future, yeah, like we know in the year of 2021, the Lord and Savior. Um, <laughs> uh, but... But Lee Mitchell is, like you said, one, maybe one of the best around, um, especially in the year of our Lord and Savior 2021. And uh, Felino Blanco, this is the first time I'm seeing him wrestling. Yeah. But I love Lucha style. Um, and, and these guys <laughs> put on a pretty good show. Yeah, this is the highest work rate match of the card for sure. And typically at old wrestling, a, a punch that might be like, you know, a forearm that's like, you know, that, that somebody's slapping their leg or something like that in the future is actually a exaggerated clubbing blow to the back in old wrestling. Right. So, like, you know, everything's a little slower. Everything's a lot less, uh, you know, crazy. And, and I've said it before, but it bears repeating. You're never worried at old wrestling if your favorite wrestler is going to get injured because no one's getting injured at old wrestling. And that's a good thing. It's all story you know, and the, and the work in the ring is 100% story. So this match had all kinds of uh, moves and stuff, but most of it was uh, work in the arm because we had Lee Mitchell, who likes Volstead, and Felino Blanco, who likes Taft. Yeah, Yay, Taft. You guys are so obnoxious with your cheer. Fuck you, John. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the match? Uh, so Lee works over Felino's left arm. Felino gets uh, his comeback after a first rope splash attempt by Lee. <laughs> first rope splash attempt. Well, that Lee, made me laugh. That was Lee really fooled <laughs> all of you guys because he's like, "Y'all want me to? You want me to go up and do some spinning stuff, do some flips?" Everyone's like, "Yeah, do it." Because you guys are all, you know, you just cheer for anything. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and so he he's like, "All right, I'm gonna do it," and then he just hops on the bottom rope and then tries to splash him. But he he got some air from the bottom rope. Let's not he did. that away. You know, it, it reminded me of a man from the future. Um, you know, the ace of the universe, uh, Tanahashi, yeah. you know, does that move, but off the second rope. So, you know, because he's just a little better than Lee Mitchell. So, yeah, well, um, Lee sends the ref into the ropes, knocking Felino off the top. And he apologized profusely because he didn't mean to do it. Liar! He just, like, he had something in his eye and he, you know, was wiping it off and flung his arm too hard and. Sent the ref, uh, ref Clearwater into the road. Ref Jasmine Clearwater, they called him, which we think is Jordan Clearwater's great grandpa, I think, or maybe just grandpa. Yeah, it has to be the Golden Boy, Jordan Clearwater. Mm -hmm. It was nice to meet your grandpa. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just to, so everybody knows, I have a victory over Jordan Clearwater. I just want to make sure everybody in the world knows that. So that's a thing that happened. Yeah, you're one and zero. You're right. undefeated. I'm one and zero in the future. So uh, that's a thing that happened. And uh, who won the match, Sean? Uh, so Felino taps out to a double wrist lock. Ooh. He got tied up and <clears throat> couldn't find his way out. And you know, I mean, this might be the invention of the double wrist lock 
because I don't think we saw that in any other matches. I don't think I've seen that before in the past. So I think that Lee Mitchell, as much as I don't want him to win this match, I do have to give him credit for inventing a new move, the double wrist lock. So good job. I know. I was very impressed with him. Mm -hmm. Do you want to hear what our next match was? Sure. <laughs> I mean, what else did you, did you want to... You trying to move this along here? What's going on? No, just saying. We got a lot of matches. We got to cover. Okay. Well, what's the next match, John? There's eight matches, by the way. Is that a lot? <laughs> Our next match was Agent Dick J. LaHart. Mm. Do you know what the J stands for? Uh, they told us, didn't they? I thought it was... Uh... Oh, my God. There's Levi Everett. Oh my gosh, we just passed Levi Everett and his family. Wow, very nice. I'm surprised we didn't see Levi. Well, he's on his way. <laughs> he's on his he's, he's going to be late, so you know he's on his way, and he's not going to make it there. So. Uh, sorry, didn't they say it was uh, Justice or Justin or something? Yeah, it is justice. justice. It stands for Justice. Agent Dick Justice. Hmm. Hard. Interesting. Reminds me of a man in the future known as a super cop. Check that out on YouTube. That's the greatest thing you'll ever see. Wow. And he was going against Buster Buckaroo. Yes. Now, we had mistaken identity was a little bit of a theme of the night as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so, tell me, Brandon, what Lahart had... Well, first of all, I do have to mention that Lahart came out and he was pointing at his fist and it sunk into me. Oh, he does the heart punch. I didn't know that. And so that was like, oh, yeah, he does the heart punch. One of my favorite finishing moves of all time. Shout out to Zodiac down in the uh, lower uh, part of Ohio. Man, that dude does the heart punch. It's a fucking great move. But, Brandon, tell me what Lahart had a suspicion. What, what happened here? His suspicion. Uh, Agent Dick Lahart, as he is, um, had a suspicion. He was looking for... A one man named Gregory Irons. Irons is what he called him. Yes. Irons. Gregory uh -huh. Irons. Why was he looking for him? He said he's a dangerous man. He said he was up to no good. Yeah, I don't even know why. He's just making shit up. Well, I thought he had said that he had the Spanish flu and was running oh, around. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. He was yeah. dangerous because he had the Spanish flu. He's I tried totally to forgot. infect everyone. And, and he was Jesus looking Christ. for Gregory Irons. Um, but good thing Buster Buckaroo, legally distinct, mm -hmm. uh, wears gloves where Gregory Irons does not. Yeah. That's Couldn't true. be the same guy. No. If the glove, glove doesn't fit, you must have quit, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. And the mask didn't fit either. Uh, <laughs> Buster Buckaroo also had an old-timey uh, cowboy mask. Uh, and demanded, Dick demanded that he remove the mask for the extent of the match. He didn't, though. He um, never did. Yeah, he didn't choose to do that, which is good because, you know, we should have choices in America. We should be able to choose what we do, what we don't do, what we drink, and what we don't drink, John. And, and you should uh, wear your mask to keep the people around you safe. It's true. It's true. And Lahart also chose to keep his cigar in his mouth the entire match. <laughs> the whole the night. Entire the match. whole night. The, the whole night. <laughs> it had to be so slobbery <laughs> and, like, soggy. I, I saw him take it out. It looked a little wet. There's yeah, it did. There's a, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure in the book To Kill a Mockingbird, they're talking about the uh, the judge that is uh, presiding over the case and, you know, Atticus Finch, etc. This is a book for the future. And uh, he, the judge eats a cigar during the, like, the trial, and you know the trial's over because he's done eating his cigar, which is fucking really funny. So, that's a, <laughs> that's a thing from a book, so. You know about that reading, John? I have never read a day in my life. No. 
Okay. Why don't you read them notes then? <laughs> hey! Well, uh, Refi Counts has a strange contraption on his wrist. He does. Yeah. I noticed that later on in the night. There was like some weird, like, you know, there was like a strap. And it had a light on it, you know? It was kind of weird. Like, it sometimes would shine, and like, I don't I didn't know you could trap electricity in your, your wrist. What's electricity, John? We have the light bulb by now. Oh, yes! <laughs> so. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. does. I didn't know. And you want to vote for Taft. Hey, you know, I never said I was smart. <laughs> I just said I wanted to get drunk. <laughs> uh, so they have a, a little back and forth. Uh, Irons tries to chop his way through the heart. Heart. I tried to like make that land and it didn't land quite as much as, as well as I wanted to. I thought it was to. funny. Good uh, job, buddy. And did you see how Refi Counts was reacting? He was in pain yeah. with those chops. You know who wasn't in pain? Uh, Ancient Lahart. Yeah, he wasn't because <laughs> no. he ain't no little bitch. Oh, is that why? Okay. Yeah. It wasn't because he just wasn't hitting him very hard. No, he ain't no bitch. Okay. Uh, but there's a, you know, some back and forth and then there's some confusion. I don't know who started the confusion, uh, but someone notified Agent Lahart that they saw Gregory Irons out by the out by the bathroom. Yes, and immediately he takes off to the bathrooms, and uh, unfortunately for him, gets himself counted out. I thought he just had to poop, honestly, you know. But I mean, we all have to poop always, so that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. And you could tell that Refi Counts, you know, was trying to give him his time, you know, doing like the slow, like one, Nelsie. two. But you you schmucks in the crowd schmucks. who cheer too loudly start counting louder than he can be heard. And he has to force himself to speed up the count because of you guys. John, you were in the crowd. But I wasn't you, counting. You just called yourself a schmuck. No, I said you schmucks. You just buried yourself, John. No, I did not include <laughs> myself in the crowd statement. Why you gotta bury yourself? I said you guys. You guys over there. I didn't say me and the fellas. <laughs> I said you guys. <laughs> Brandon, what did you think of all of this? <laughs> um, what did you and the fellas think of all of this? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was. Can't you laugh at Pretty fun match. Um, I I I love uh, when you get matches like that where you, you keep the storyline rolling. Uh, you know, they he, he wanted to look at uh, the the gloved hand of of uh, Buster Buckaroo, but you know that that never came to be. He wanted to look at the mat the behind the mask so he could see his eye region that never came to be. <laughs> but he never gave up the hunt for Gregory Irons. No, and and he even came back. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's in there. Yeah, we'll get to what happens. This, this all gets wrapped up a little later, but, but yes. Uh, but I, I again, it, you, well, the story wraps up later, but man, I love I love that the story had a conclusion and this, this match was a lot of fun the whole way through. Uh, last year, Agent Lahart proved that he was a master of disguise cool. by disguising himself as the uh, very beautiful uh, young lady that was taking photos. Um, yes. This year, he didn't try that, but we all would have been fooled if that was the case. So I understand. You know, well, he's a private dick for a reason. Now, 
That's really funny you say that. There used to be this book uh, when I was a kid in school in, in our elementary library. We found this book called Private Dick, and it was a, like a cartoon book about a, a detective, right? And so we used to just we used to get it out from the library and just read it in the lunchroom, like openly, just like just try to let everybody see the book that said Private Dick. <laughs> they took it out of the library eventually because we were doing that. But um, now, Agent Lahart is a master of disguise, but if he were to disguise himself as one young lady, um, and this is the young lady that holds up the sign um, that was sitting near us, and I learned her name today. It is Rosie. Um, I would never mistake him for her that because she is far too beautiful, and I would yeah. just like to point that out. So, and he would never be able to hold a sign as well as her. No, no. Ruby? Is it Ruby? I thought it was Rosie or Rosie. Shit. Well, either way, she is beautiful, and that's a thing. So, yeah. just want to make sure everybody knew I thought that. Did you guys notice what happened after the match? Tell us. Buster Buckaroo got on the second rope and lifted up his mask, revealing his identity. Who is he? Buster Buckaroo? No, he's Gregory Irons. What? What? You guys didn't what? see that? No. Because no. you guys are too busy cheering and counting to okay, notice anything. John. Now, hold on a second. So you're trying to tell me that Agent Lahart, you agreed with me, he's a master of disguise, but you're trying to tell me that... Gregory Irons is also a master of disguise. There's more than one master of disguise running around old wrestling. <laughs> there are more than one master of disguise. Well, oh, I, I, don't. I think you're full of shit. I think there's only one, and it's Nick Lahart. I I don't disagree. I think Lahart does a great job, and he is superb at his, at his profession. But um, but Gregory Irons apparently is also a trickster. Mm. Who has the Spanish flu and is trying to get to everybody? <laughs> that is not funny, God. When he said that, I was like, oh boy, alright, okay. <laughs> anyway, we're doing COVID jokes, okie doke. Alright, John, what else happened here? Our next match was our first of two main events. Yes, now, John, we talked about this last time. Um, but I just want to make sure Brandon understands this because it's very important, and the listeners as well, is that back in the day, the main event was in the middle of the show. You know, it was right before the first intermission. So that's a thing that happened. So this is our first main event of two. And uh, you know the joke, though, John. Uh, Co-main events, a.k.a. no main events. So I'm just saying. Oh, just got to throw that out there. That is a thing. Oh. Hmm. I never heard that. Yeah. Me either. There's only one main event. And it's the main event. Yep. Wow. What happened in the main event, John? <laughs> Sorry. Who was the main, was uh, the main event? Judge Hugo Washington oh, Black. Oh! My favorite judge. With Beauregard, right? With Beauregard, <laughs> the butler. God, he's the worst butler, too. Uh, no, he's not. He is always at his boss's beck and call. There were many times tonight where he couldn't find his towel. What kind of butler loses their fucking towel? One, A shitty one, John. A shitty one. One that is too busy wiping off their boss's foreheads. With what? With well, what? If he loses his towel. Well, John, he like wiped it off, but then he had to go wring it out because Judge Hugo was sweating so much. I didn't see him wring shit out. I just see him looking for his towel. Okay, well, uh, Judge Hugo's opponent was F.E. Davidson. F.E. Davidson, right? Mm -hmm. F.E. Okay. Davidson. Not Refy uh, Counts. Not Refy Counts. Not Refy Counts. So that's two different people. Not okay. F.E. F.E. Yeah, that's great. Davidson. Now, um, we have seen F.E. Davidson in the future at Paul Cade. We saw him uh, him and Calvin Tankman tear it up a little bit. He's got a real spiky jacket. He does. He does. <laughs> um, now, uh, Brandon, did you see how Effie made his uh, tremendous entrance into this uh, area that we were at here? 
he made a tremendous enter ent entrance, as you put it, um, on a motorcycle. I wouldn't say it was a Harley Davidson of any caliber. No, there's only one brand of motorcycle. And it is. It's a Honda Rebel. So that was a Honda Rebel, yes. Um, you know, as you know, all motorcycles are Honda Rebels, according to the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. And uh, we could hear it coming from a mile away because no, I mean, there's no, there's no motorcycle that's more powerful or louder than a Honda Rebel. Ask Lord Crew; he knows all about Honda Rebels. That's all he rides. <laughs> he only rides Honda Rebels and other bikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so this uh, this motorcycle of pristine caliber. Uh, I, I believe it was a, a pull start ignition. That's how Honda Rebels work, yes. Really? Mm -hmm. I've never seen one before in person. Yeah. He, um, almost, he almost drove that Honda Rebel into the back row of the crowd. He almost <laughs> I really was concerned. I don't know if he had been swinging from the hooch. Oh, boy. Um, Might have been. He looked like someone who would drink from the hooch. Oh, my God, I, John. Well, that's hoochist. <laughs> that's hoochist. I mean, did you see those long black pants he had on? I did. He looked like a rock star, man. What's yeah. a rock star? <clears throat> well, the guy that, uh, those guys that, that make rocks and stuff at the rock place. I don't know. Um, his offense was motorcycle based. Vroom, vroom, intensified. And Judge Hugo was very scared of, uh, of good old F.E. I would be too. Did you see him? Were you? Yeah. I didn't see you acting scared, John. I saw you laughing and smiling and having a good old time. That's because my favorite Judge Hugo was out there. <laughs> I think it's disgusting and despicable. It's lewd, crude, and rude that Judge Hugo was still wearing his nice pants that he bought with with uh, uh, Inky's money. That son of a bitch. I agree. I think you know he's stealing from the poor and you know giving to himself. Um, but <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, Inky got his money back. He got half of it back. But he still made a good living off of it, did he not? We don't know. We just know he's having adventures. We don't know what the money has to do with it, John. He wouldn't be able to go on these adventures without the money that he got back. Well, money goes a long way in South America. That's true, John. That's true. You can do a like a military coup with like five bucks, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, because people were asking for nickels. So, <laughs> so imagine what you can do with five bucks. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> tell me about this match a little bit, John. Uh, so, Effie <laughs> uh, uh, does motorcycle-inspired offense, like we discussed. Um, and did you notice that, like, Hugo tried to do some vroom vrooms back? And Effie uh, was just not, he wasn't, he wasn't scared. No! He likes taking the ride on the, those Honda Rebels. He certainly does. Um... At one point, Effie goes and gets the motorcycle, and he drives over Judge Hugo's foot. Just one of them. And then this <laughs> disgusting human being throws it in reverse, and by throwing it in reverse, I mean he backs it up he over Judge Hugo's other foot. Judge Hugo selling the feet uh, being, uh, in, you know, dirty is what he was more worried about. He's like, yes, it hurts. <laughs> My shoes are so dirty. And we were like, shoeshine boys are here? Come on, you know? <laughs> so they were busy getting ready for their match, though. So they, were, they weren't able to uh, come in and shine the judge's shoes. Hopefully um, but that was tremendous. You know? <laughs> they shined my shoes later on. They did. Um, and so, uh, 
what is this? What's the, what's the butler's name? A Beauregard. 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 It's, How can you forget? I thought he was your favorite butler ever. I thought he was better than the, the guy from the future that, uh, you know, is a famous butler from television. I thought he was better than that guy. I mean, yeah, but that name's just real odd. What's Beauregard. It? Beauregard's the best butler in Louisiana, I believe, is what they said. Uh-huh. That's true. Well, um... John Beauregard is short for, or is Bo is short for Beauregard. So it's not so, a weird name. It's something that you are just uh, from the future, John, and you don't know shit. So, all right. right. Well, Bo um, got on the apron with his uh, little saucer pan with the gavel. Serving tray. <laughs> what the fuck are you, what are you talking about? With his serving tray <laughs> that Reffy Count was suspicious of him having still out there. Uh, the, he had Judge Hugo's little gavel on there. It was such a little gavel, too. I almost didn't even see it. It was so little. Um, <laughs> it's but. funny. Did you hear what Effie said? Uh, he was, like, he started to use the gavel, and he said, is it in yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. Uh, but Bo threw the gavel to Hugo, but uh, Refi Counts grabbed it. This is Refi Counts, the ref in this one? I, I don't know. I didn't write down who was a ref for each match, but um, he might have been. He might have been Jasmine. Either way, somebody grabbed the gavel and said, "Not in my ring." But it was it was Jasmine because I remember uh, Bo kept grabbing Effie's feet, and he wasn't calling it at all. He wasn't, you know, having any part of that. Um, and so, well, anyways, uh, Jasmine grabs the gavel says not in my ring mm -hmm. he throws it in the back and while he's distracted throwing it into the back judge hugo pulls out the biggest gavel i've ever seen this thing you're not gonna ask if it's in yet with this thing my goodness no, you're, gonna, you're gonna you're gonna know yeah if this one's in Your grandkids will know <laughs> yeah that's for sure your teeth will know so yes and so uh he pulls out the gavel gets back in Hits Effie so hard, mm -hmm. throws the gavel back outside, pins him, and gets the one, two, three, and the most honorable judge in old wrestling. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, gets John! The victory. Used a foreign weapon and lifted that poor motorcycle rider two feet off the ground, nearly with yes. that gavel. That's well, right, John. Maybe Effie will now know what a car, a motorcycle accident feels like, and he won't ride those dangerous. Uh, little two-wheel vehicles anymore. They are dangerous, but guess what kind of motorcycle isn't dangerous? Honda Rebel. You know? It's the least dangerous motorcycle there is. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I thought this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Thanks for asking, by the way, you guys. Um, I appreciate it. And I, I really thought this was fun. This is another match where there's no high work rate. There's no, like, wrestling moves. There's a couple of them, you know? But really, this is just fun story stuff. And as much as I hate Judge Hugo as a character, he is tremendous. <laughs> He's highly entertaining. And uh, he has a couple really funny lines tonight, which I like. So uh, that was great. Brandon, what you think of this? I, 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 I thought it was a good time. I uh, had seen videos of Judge Hugo from the future. And, of course, I, I didn't even know that Effie Davidson was going to be there. But that was very exciting. Um, but Judge Hugo, every bit of the sleaze ball that I thought he would be, you know, he can't go anywhere, whether it's uh, Norwalk, Ohio, or anywhere in New Jersey, wherever he may go, he's always got a group with him. He does. Yeah. Hmm. And, and he can't.
can't win anything clean. That's, that's for sure. Well, I believe the phrase is their strength in numbers, and we find that out after that. Because there's a, a little promo. Well, there is. What happened? Uh, after the match, Volstead and the captain ah, come out. Gross. And uh, he tells us about his platform and how there's going to be no cheering. Um, anyone over their 200 pounds is not welcome. Uh, and so at that moment, me and Judge Hugo both sucked in our guts a little bit. Because <laughs> uh, he said, you know, people over 200 pounds take up too much space. Mm. And we need to be able to fit more people into the crowd. Uh, he said that no children will be allowed. I am with that, by the way. That was like, I was cheering that one. I'm like, sorry, sorry, uh, Taft. Got to go with uh, Volstead on that one. So, but go ahead. I'm and sorry. then there was another point that he made, but I don't remember it because I know that children not being at shows would be a delight. And uh, I can't wait till that happens. <laughs> you know, they say that children are our future. I guess. Uh, but Taft, Taft interrupts and says, I'm the good guy, and I'm going to win. <laughs> he did. That is what he said. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then that leads us into uh, our intermission where we are encouraged to go vote if you haven't already. Oh, yeah? Is that how we do intermission around here, John? No, it's not. And we were encouraged to go vote. During the next segment of the show, which was what? Single intermission! That's right! And we, during single intermission, we had a lot of fun. Brandon, you had an experience with the uh, Honda Rebel rider himself, Effie uh, Davidson. Tell me all about this. I, so I uh, am broke, I have no cash on me. Uh, <laughs> good old Effie, good old Effie Davidson, he was like, I don't care, come in here. Okay. Shook his hand, high fived. Uh, I, I was supposed to see him at a show in the future uh -huh. in Tampa. We were going to go to brunch. Um, but I, of course, you know, circumstances as they were, didn't get, didn't end up getting to. But I finally, that's the first time I've ever got to see him wrestle in person. Okay. I was so excited to see him. Um, and I think he was, I, I, it seemed like he was excited that I was excited. <laughs> um he, he loved my outfit, by the way. Uh, I, I think he, I really fit in with the time. And he said, I should wear this to the next brunch we go to. Um, I think that would be a blast. I hear his brunches are fantastic. I hear they're huge. That's what I heard, too. And gay. Yeah, very gay. What? Yeah. Yeah. In every way that that word means, you know. What do so, they, they serve at these brunches? Mimosas, probably. Yeah, mimosas, uh, things like... I don't know, food maybe, John, you know? Do they have bacon? I like bacon. Oh, yeah. It always got bacon, you know? Well, I guess I can put aside my distaste for Honor Rebels and make it to one of these brunches. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, I, I made a wrong turn in the time machine, so I actually I tried to turn a little early. That guy was trying to, you know, make a little extra time with the time machine. So That's uh, all right. Sometimes, turn they make, sometimes they make seven or eight wrong turns. That's true. <laughs> and uh, you're just kind of stuck with those. That's true. And you know what really sucks is when you get involved in one of those bootstrap paradoxes. Fucking happens all the time with the time machine. And it's like, man, I mean, if I go back in time and kill my grandpa, how can I go back in time because I killed my grandpa? Yep. I mean... It's, it's confusing, but um, that's not the only experience that we had during single intermission. Uh, we also talked to uh, Refi uh, Counts, right, John? Oh my gosh, Refi Counts came up and personally introduced himself to us, and I'm going to be honest, I might have a new favorite referee. Really? Okay. Yeah, sorry, uh, Sean. Sean. 
Sean. Sean of the future. Sean of the future. Sean O'Brien. Mr. Man Bun himself. Mr. Man Bun. Uh, Refy counts. Now my new top favorite referee. Fair enough, man. Well, the whole time I was talking to him, I was trying to see what that thing on his wrist was. Um, I didn't really get a good look at it, you know, so I'm not. I'm still not sure what it was. But um, we learned that he is actually from our area of the country. And we were like, what? Yeah. And that was interesting. And, um, you know, something that has uh, happened over the years if we, as we've done this podcast and we've gone to different wrestling shows is that we meet somebody. And then we find out that they're linked to this other person that we know and we go way back with that. You know what I mean? It's always, everything's always kind of incestuous and linked together in pro wrestling. And so it's always fun. I'm not surprised anymore when I hear that kind of stuff, but it's always nice to be like, oh yeah, okay, so you're from that. Well, we know this guy. Oh yeah, you know, the, I've got my, well, I, I, and then we're just all doing that, you know, you so. Know, but it makes me disappointed because I would have loved to see, uh, you know, Rafi Counts, uh, you know, offspring wrestle it's true. in the future. It's true. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll have to go back and try and find those videos. Oh, what are those moving pictures? Yes. And, uh, you know, see some of his matches. I wonder if there is a match somewhere in the archives of a certain promotions uh, video archive, and it would be the bronze god himself, Danny Todd, Versus Refi Counts. Yeah, I think he said his name is Tommy Shaw. I don't know who that is, but I know Tommy who Refi Counts is. Uh, well, it's Refi Counts' offspring. Oh, okay. His, like, grandson. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I would love to look that up because I know there's lots of Danny Todd uh, <laughs> matches on YouTube for some reason. So. There's either... Uh, <laughs> they're either there because he's a good wrestler or because you can see... Uh, Little Todd. <laughs> well, I'm sure that um, you know Refi's uh, offspring have many you know interactions with guys like Stan Lickage, uh, you know Wildcat Chris Harris, this guy uh, Nasty Russ, yeah Nasty Russ, uh, Abyss. You know many folks from the future. Uh, I'm sure he's had some interesting experiences with. So you know we'll have to learn more about that uh, maybe next year. We'll see what happens. So uh, that was a lot of fun, man. I had a lot of fun during single arm mission. And I think we're ready to move on uh, to what happened next. So what happened next, John? Our and next. I don't know if it was a match. Um, well, it kind of was. They just announced uh, that they had messed up on the merchandise. Yes, um, but this is when we get our story from the Agent LaHart match wrapped up. Yeah, because LaHart rolls back into there. He comes from the opposite side of where he left. And he's huffing and puffing, and he's like... Hey, I think y'all lied to me. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon what, what happened here? Tell me, tell me what happened. This is Brandon's thing. He was trying to say it earlier. So. The, 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 the ring announcer is in the ring. He's talking about the mess up with the merch. Here comes uh, Dick LaHart, huffing and puffing, blows in the ring. He says, I think you guys lied to me. I, I, I ran as far as I could. And he goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, Gregory Irons. And he goes... <laughs> He goes, what, the, the match is over. Why are you Why are you back here? And he goes, what do you mean the match is over? And like, we got it at 10. And he goes, hours? <laughs> <laughs> so Agent LaHart learns that he lost the match. It must be a new rule. You know, uh, just a 10-second count instead of the 10-hour count. But I don't know how far back the time machine you need to go to see that. 
I'll tell you what, just a little story time for you guys. Um, in the future, I saw a guy named Dick Justice, the super cop, who you know bears a striking resemblance to Agent LaHart, and he started having matches with this guy named John Murray, the professional athlete. And John Murray had his own rules called John Murray Pro Rules, and part of the, the rule set was that it's not a 10 count, it's a count to 100. And so what would happen, and this happened a few times, is that they would get on the outside and start and start brawling and stuff, and the ref would get to 99 after a long time, and they'd roll back in the ring, and then roll right back out, and the ref would be like, one, two, you know, amazing shit. So that was my favorite countout spot of all time. And I'm not sure if Dick Justice ever involved in that, but he was the beginning of this, like, amazing group of matches that uh, that John Murray had with him, uh, with White Mike, uh, with Kikitaru, and uh, Jake Manning. So he had a tremendous run of all these awesome comedy matches, and that was great. So a little story time there for you. So what happened? I don't know. We had a tag team match, but not just any tag team match. That's right. Very important. It was an Australian Rules tag team match. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, do you no. know what an yeah. Australian Rules Brandon, tag team is? do you know anything about this? I, I have been down under... I have oh. seen an Australian tag match. Okay. Uh, the In order to come into the ring as a tag partner, you have to tag over the top rope, mm -hmm. and the ref has to see it. None of this Canadian tag shmamma jam. No. Wow. No going in between the ropes. No going under the ropes. You can't cross the border, you know? So, and, 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 you know, Canadian tag is through the ropes, as we've said many times on this show. And uh, we even see Refi uh, Counts actually caught a Canadian tag in this match. I was like, uh-uh. Now, um, the real answer, though, is that tag team wrestling was invented in Australia. And so when it was first introduced in the United States, it was like a gimmick match. And they'd say, oh, well, this is an Australian rules tag match. So that's Two counts. wrestlers versus a kangaroo and her child. <laughs> <laughs> well... The child was stolen by a dingo, so, uh, <laughs> as we know. But, but uh, yes, tell us about this match. Uh, the people were Crummles and Defarge. Okay. Did I get that Defarge? Right? Defarge? Yeah, that's like French. Uh -huh. Oh, well, I'm not French. <laughs> we should let Brandon do that one. He knows. <laughs> you wanted to give it a go? Yeah, you got that. Defarge. There you go. Versus. Everyone's favorite tag team, including myself, the Shoeshine Boys. Yes. Now the Shoeshine Boys are representing Taft. So how are we gonna? How's this gonna work, John? Sometimes you have to cross boundaries, uh, but not the Canadian border. Not the Canadian border. Do that, all right? Nobody wants to go there. Well, plus that's where they're sneaking the hooch in. So yeah. Um, so sometimes you just have to cross boundaries and you know be open to other things. Mm -hmm. like, so did you get your Shoeshine? They skipped over me. I wonder why. Maybe because they saw that pin on your uh, jacket, which we haven't talked about the pin. So um, at single intermission, when you go and vote, they will give you they give you a little pin that says "I voted for Volstead" or "I voted for Taft." That's pretty cool. Yeah. And John, you were you were wearing your Volstead one with pride. Yeah. One of uh, hundreds of people there. Huh. Uh, there were hundreds of people there. I don't know if uh, there were hundreds of Volstead supporters. There. Yeah. Well, liar. Our button looks better. <laughs> well, does it? Ours? Okay, John. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's drink. Uh, now, this Sonny Defarge guy I'm familiar with, uh, he was at a promotion that recently got canceled the fuck out, uh, as these promotions tend to do. 
and uh, I really liked that guy. I thought he was pretty funny. He tried to sell. Um, he was talking about war bonds to the crowd, and, and he tried to sell, uh, sell like sto you know, possibly stolen jewelry to the crowd, which funny. I was trying to buy. I had money ready to go. He said he didn't have any watches, but he had bracelets and stuff, and I, I could have surely taken a bracelet back to my oh. sweetie at home. I wonder if um, that thing that that uh, Refi Council's wearing was something that he bought from Defarge. I don't think he would buy something illegal. Well, maybe he was fooled. He could have been fooled. I got fooled in New York one time. Oh, you did? I bought some some uh, retail products and it was didn't... it a bridge? Did somebody try to sell you a bridge in New York? <laughs> no, they tried to sell me uh, a, a David. Like, <laughs> and it was missing the disc, just like. So maybe Defarge was selling the the, the, ah, the Davids. That would have been funny table. if he opened his coat and he had all the DVDs in there. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> Next time, missed opportunity. That was good shit. This um, match was a lot of fun. I thought that um, you know the gentlemen that were the bad guys were very familiar with this style, this kind of like goofy style, and I thought they did a great job. And they also had really fun tag team moves, which were which were good, even though they were the bad guys. But Shoeshine Boys are crowd favorites. We saw them versus the greatest actor of all time, um, you know, RJ Metropolis last time, and that was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. That was fantastic. This was also very, very good. Yeah, him and his body double. Um, but yeah, so this match, um, Andy got his shoe shine. I did, yeah, they're the shiniest shoes I've ever had. And Refi Counts also got his shoe shine, which honestly, they didn't even need to be shined because they were already glistening. They were immaculate. They were really, really oh. shiny. <laughs> so. And he even, you let let the uh, Shushan boys use his leg as a prop to shine each other's shoes. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that's very helpful, I think, as a referee. Now, I do have an issue uh, with the rules here. The referee counts missed something very important in this match, and that was that the Shushan boys threw in the towel like 20 times in this match because they're standing on the apron just throwing towels at each other and stuff like that. That's that's an honor. You give up. That's the forfeit. So, technically, this match should have ended in forfeit immediately as soon as they saw those towels going in the ring. So well, it's it's got to be like a white towel, doesn't it? Um, it's the towel. Oh, no, just it's a pretty dirty towel. But that's the towel. I and mean, so it's more like rags. Mm, those were towels. So... You know, you know who didn't throw their towel in though, just to give him a little, little bit of props. But it's because he couldn't find it. That's fucking Beauregard. Okay, <laughs> he couldn't throw the towel in because he couldn't fucking find it, John. All right. Joe Chugo would never want him to throw the towel in. So, <laughs> that's jokes on you. Fair uh, so Defarge tries to sell possibly stolen jewelry to the crowd. Refi shuts down an attempted Canadian tag by the shoeshine boys. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Good and, call, Refi. And they didn't understand why. And he's like, "You got a tag over the top rope." Yes, and then Defarge and, and his partner Crummy was it? Yeah. Um, they they then executed a perfect Australian rules tag, and then let everybody know that that's how you do it. Which I was like, okay. Yeah. And at one point, uh, Defarge tied a uh, a tag rope. He did. And this is my fucking spot. I thought of this a long time ago. <laughs> I'm so mad, Brandon. What do you do? You remember this? I didn't see it until the aftermath, but based on what you just said, I believe he tied his own tag rope to the rope, mm -hmm. and it was slid down halfway down the, the, the ring anyway, uh, and attempted to tag himself in clean with a dirty rope. Very, very good, yes. And, and you know, that was my, 
Uh, there's a wrestler in the future named Bruce Gray, and he is always talking about the tag rope. He's the master ruler of the tag rope, and uh, I always had an idea for him to bring his own tag rope, um, you know, when there isn't one, and be like, where's the tag rope? And then he just pull it out of his pocket and put it right there, um, and then maybe use it to cheat or to choke someone. And, uh, you know, I mean, being the farce, we are on the same, you know, page, but it turns out that he came up with it almost 100 years ago. So, yeah, it wasn't me. Uh, so, uh, a little bit later on in the match, there was a quadruple down spot where <laughs> all four men, I didn't notice until this point, up until this point, all four men were wearing suspenders. Yes. And so, uh, Crumbles grabbed one of the Shoeshine Boys' suspender, and then the other Shoeshine Boy came in, and so he grabbed his suspender, Defarge's, or not Defarge's, Crumbles, and then Defarge came in, and then they all were holding their suspenders, and they pulled them real tight. And DeVarge is like, hey guys, let's come to our senses. On the count of three, we're going to all just let go easily. And, you know, we're not going to have any of that shenanigans stuff. That's the exact opposite of what we have. <laughs> <laughs> they all decided to snap each other um, in the chest, and they all took a bump, and it was awesome. And they all tried to kip up afterward, <laughs> except for the larger of the two shine boys who could not kip up. He could not. He tried, you know, but uh, uh, that got a huge pop as well. That was funny. That was fucking great. I love that shit. Now, uh, we didn't mention this yet, but we might as well do it now. We did dress up as usual, you know, and uh, I was wearing suspenders. Brandon, you were wearing suspenders. I was wearing suspenders. John, you weren't. Huh? No. You don't need that shit, right? We don't need that shit. Under Volstead, you don't need no more suspenders. Is that, no is that kind suspenders. of it? Okay. It's part Volstead of the, is a belt guy. It's part of the platform. It's part of the platform. Fair enough. Whereas Taft cannot wear one. Oh my god. Wow. Wow. Alright. <laughs> wow. Maybe, I mean, maybe he needs to wear one more than everybody else. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm kind of more of a belt guy typically, but when I go to the past, I put on the suspenders, you know? And, uh, you know, I thought it was a lot of fun. Now, um, Brandon, you kind of went a little more all out than the rest of us because you already had like a 1920s outfit just ready. <laughs> Why do you have that? And tell me all about this. Okay. Alright, so here's the story. Um, I, there's a place in uh, Columbus, Ohio called Citizens Trust. It is my bar of choice. Uh, and uh, they had a night where Maker's Mark had them throw a Kentucky Derby party. And I show up completely unaware of the Kentucky Derby party, but everyone has the, the, uh, pit, the, the striped shirts and the suspenders and the straw hats and this and that. bartender, a good friend of mine, Logan, just handed me the outfit. No shit. It was like, here. And I got, I've got, it's all Maker's Mark themed, the hat is, and I've got the Maker's Mark pins at home. And so any, any excuse I get, I've gone to wedding receptions with this outfit. <laughs> I, I love it. It's such a treasure to me. Now, John, that sounds like a fun story to me. But under with the, Hooch. Yes, under Volstead can't have Maker's Mark clothing, you know what I mean? You can't dress like you, you know, got Maker's Mark or whatever the fuck, you know? I mean, so what are we doing here, Don? I don't know. I don't need branding from companies to establish what outfits I wear. She's a fine girl. Yeah. <laughs> so the Shine boys pick up the victory uh, with a double knee bar and both the, the Farge and Crumbles, they tap out. Like bitches. They tap out like little bitches. Can I say, it's not every day that I see tag teams that their, like, finisher is a submission hold. 
that's rare, yeah. That's super, and that was really cool. And they, they kind of had that, I mean, like you said, they're crowd favorites. They had that draw that Levi Everett gets where it's like this, you know, they've, they've got... They're over. Yes, they're that's over. what you call that. Very yes. over. Uh, <laughs> and they they sell that. And I was I was not expecting, you know, tag team moves, I was expecting like some magic killer or something, but but a double a double ankle lock. That was cool. Yeah. Um, so in this in this final seconds of this match, we had a great visual too, where we had Inky, <laughs> excuse me, Refi uh, in the middle, and he is you know who's gonna tap out? He's you know he's selling the tap out. We have the two uh, bad guys in the knee bars or whatever it is. There we can see their faces. They're in pain, and we have the two good guys kind of behind them, and we can see their faces as they're struggling to make the win. That's a great fucking visual. Good job, pro wrestling. Good job. Now love us. Uh-huh. And our next bench was for the guys. <laughs> Eden Holcroft with Sydney Duckworth versus Dawn Delivery. That's right. Dawn Delivery, plucky, you know? Yeah. She was very plucky, you know, I would call her. Uh, she was very happy to be there, and she was very uh, smiley. You know, whereas this other lady who, like, plays tennis or something, can you imagine her... Like, being able to play tennis and get through a match without, like, getting dis disqualified? Because she's just screaming at everybody. I just feel like that she would get to you immediately in a tennis match. I would think that she would purposely try to hit her opponents with the ball. That's good strategy, actually. You know? I don't know if you heard. Did you hear what she called me? No. What'd she call you? <laughs> she called you Brandon? She, I, 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 she came out and was, you know, like, arguing with the crowd, and I booed her. And she's like, I didn't know they allowed leprechauns in here. <laughs> and I I said leprechauns, and by the time I finished saying it, she'd gone, but I was gonna say apparently they allow witches. Because oh, good God. Wow, that's mean. She's she is a championship tennis player. H and Sydney Duckworth is a championship cricket player. Yeah. Yeah. Cricket. So <laughs> uh, but they had a really fun wrist lock shenanigans to start this match. <laughs> so like, so Dawn has a wrist lock on, and uh, was it what was her name? Sydney. 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 Uh, Sydney. Sydney. I was right the first time. She. Uh, no, she. Ed, Sydney. Sydney was ah, the guy on the outside. Okay, what's the girl's name? Eden. Dawn. The Eden, other one. Eden's the tennis okay. player. Dawn's the deliverer. So, and I'm sorry, if you guys have ever listened to our show, I'm actually driving right now, so I can't, like, look at notes. So, uh, that's why I don't know. Um, so, yes, her, the bad girl, she, um, what was I even going to say? I don't even remember now. God damn it. She, she was trying to get out of this wrist lock forever, and it just wouldn't happen. I mean, Dawn just had it fucking locked in, and Dawn had a lot of fun foiling her attempts to get out, and we had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, because Eden would get out, and Dawn would put it right back on. Yeah. A lot of what happened there, John? That she's like a master of, of you know, something. master of the wrist lock. She rolls a lot of newspapers. Oh, very good. very good. She's always delivering the news. That's true. I wonder if she knows anything. I'm, I'm assuming he probably passed the position down to her okay. when he retired. And well, she's to, not a reporter. Uh, she delivers the newspaper. So, uh, Inky was an actual reporter. Inky scoops. You're post the news. Yeah, he probably got out of the job. Like, extra, extra. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they're friends. That's all uh, I'm trying to say. Sydney gets tossed from the match uh, after causing the distraction. Uh, Him getting tossed is the distraction. 
Yes. Well, yes. Um, and in that distraction, Eden was able to come in with her tennis racket, put it around Don's neck, hit her with a devastating Russian leg sweep, and uh, get the victory. Now these these tennis and uh, and cricket uh, folks here, they were um, they're from another country, and and that country is England, and and they used the English flag choked on at one point. That's disgusting. Did you? You do that with an American flag, they kick you out of the country. Yeah. You know? It's true. But it's weird. You know, like, that flag, so important. You know? But, like, in other countries, they're like, oh, that's a piece of cloth. It's weird. You know? Yeah, but sometimes people put the flag, like, on their boxer shoes. They, so. they do, but those are also the same people that are like, don't you disrespect that thing. Only I'm allowed to do that. Yep. It's 1920. The war wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, John. So that was a fun match. Um, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And I'm interested. Though, so there's two British folks. I, they're like in the country to on a tour, I guess. And they're, they're going to be in the future as well. So that's a thing. Good. Can't wait to see them. Yeah. There you go. Uh, our next match was Beauregard, the butler. Boo! Versus Big Sue Jackson. That's right. Now, um... Brandon, what did Beauregard bring out with him? He brought a serving tray. Yeah, John, a serving tray. With, uh, what did you call it? I don't even remember. Something, like, something really stupid. It was awesome. <laughs> it was a awesome. saucer plate? Something like that. Yeah. It was a chafing um, dish or something. That was fucking awesome. It was, well, he had his towel. He found the towel. He did find it. And he had a serving tray with two cups of water. Mm-hmm. We thought it was water, but it could have been douche. It could have been. Could have been poison. Could have been... <laughs> Even like one of its points. Could have been <laughs> pretty fun. Could have been milk. <laughs> could have been anything. Yeah, could have been. Who knows? But Refi Counts made sure to inspect it before the match started. He did. To make sure mm-hmm. that it wasn't anything dangerous. Well, he also had to hold it, which he was finding it very difficult to lift. He was very heavy because he was acting like he was heavy, so it must be. And um, he had to hold it while Beauregard got in the ring because this, this butler, who's so great, can't even hold the ropes open for himself. I mean, he can't even help himself. Think he's better than Mr. Belvedere? I don't think so. I guess not. You know, whatever. I have no comeback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Brandon, this is your first experience with Big Soup. It's your first experience with a gentleman by the name of Beauregard. What do you think of these two? Uh, Beauregard uh, can get right or get left. That's all I'm saying. Oh my God. Uh, Mr. Volset uh, said no children, but somehow they allowed Beauregard to wrestle. I don't know how that works. John, that is a sick burn, John. <laughs> but uh, Big Sue. Oh, they also said nobody over 200 pounds. And, <laughs> and Big Sue wrestled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Judge Hugo. Yeah. I don't know. Volset has some questionable yeah. platforms. Maybe he but, wears the, the belly kayfaber. You know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. I don't know who I've never seen Big Sue wrestle. Okay. I've never heard the name Big Sue Jackson. Fair enough. He is over. Oh yeah. He is over. Yeah. Um he does uh what did the steamroller uh, <laughs> cannonball? Yes. Good god. Um he put Beauregard all the way through the mat. <laughs> I mean the ring didn't break, but it might have. Yeah. Um if, what am I missing with Sue Jackson here? Is, if I, 
what am I? How? What have I missed? So Sue is one of those like I think he's been in every, all of the old wrestling shows. So uh, we've seen uh, a man who resembles him, but he was a masked man, and we're not sure if it was actually him or not. You know, as we've noticed, there's a lot of uh, masked men running around pro wrestling, and you're not sure who they are. You know, uh, but he was a doctor of some sort, and he had these uh, um, what were they called? Uh, what were they called? The the formulations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we saw him, and we saw we actually saw someone else from the future as well, a guy named Zane. We saw him, and so we've seen all those guys at the same place in the future. Uh, we think we're not sure, but um, you know, Big Sue has been around a long time. He was bad guy at one point, and uh, you know, he was a good guy uh, at the last show, and except John. Highly was highly suspicious of him. Last time you thought that Big Sue had stolen money. You thought he turned on Inky. Something seemed fishy about him. I don't Something know. was off. Yeah, you I wrong. still feel that way. You do. For different reasons. Yeah. But and much like myself, Big Sue also saw Refugee Counts and was like, oh, you look very familiar. He did. He not did. vaguely this time. <laughs> very vaguely, not very vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a wrestling game, very vaguely, you know. And it's just like your mask is just like blank. You can't like. There's nothing on it. There's no eye holes or, or, or it's like just covers your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like vaguely covering. Okay. <laughs> the whole face is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. So you don't know what color hair. Fair enough. I got you on these days. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened in the mask? Uh, so Beauregard tries to buy off Big Sue. Um, he says, there ain't enough money in this world to buy me off. And so he's like, fine, do you want a cup of water? And Big Sue takes the water and throws it in Beauregard's face. <laughs> Disrespectful. Uh, but turnabout's fair play because Beauregard then throws a cup of water in Big Sue's face. He also literally said turnabout's fair play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that. Uh, that was funny. So Sue... Uh, puts him in a sleeper bug? Sleeper hold? Sleeper hold, that's what they're saying. Uh, oh, wait, Big Sue gets put in a sleeper hold. Yes. But he's playing possum mm. uh, and eventually comes back and hits a massive spine buster for the victory. And that's what almost broke the ring. You know, the, the ring apron went whoosh. That's when you know two big guys just hit the mat, you know? And Good I, stuff. Yeah, I saw Judge Hugo's mallet sitting in the ring. <laughs> we saw that at the beginning of the show. <laughs> like, damn it, just put it, put it around the back, you know? Because we damn, saw look, that immediately. Well, look at that thing. Look at the size of that mat. <laughs> I was impressed, certainly, yes. Um, big Sue gets the big win, and, you know, everybody's happy. Except Beauregard. He's very unhappy. He can't find his towel, you know? I'm not happy either. But I don't care what you think, John. He was um, damn near unconscious until uh, the ref came over and splashed water on him. That's right. Yeah. He didn't know where he was at. Refy Counts literally went over there with the cup and started like splashing it into the <laughs> cup, like the water that was on the, the serving dish. <laughs> serving dish. <laughs> and he just splashed uh, Beauregard back to life. He did. He did. It was fantastic. I love that. Uh, and after that, what did we have? We had your second main event of the evening and that was an election john and the election was between we have power taft and volstead and so what happened here is that you know we had the ring announcer uh you know in the ring he had his mic stand there and his harmonica which forgot to mention that uh agent lahart had called the microphone the biggest or the loudest harmonica he's ever played yeah <laughs> that was fucking awesome um 
So he brings the harmonica in the ring, and uh, we get the candidates. Uh, Volstead comes out first uh, with his big, you know, group of people, and then uh, we get a William Howard Taft, and, uh, you know, this was all kind of set up here, John, as a runoff match. So basically what happened was is that uh, Agent LaHart brings over the ballot boxes. It's clear that William Howard Taft has won, but Brandon, he was trying to cheat, wasn't he? He uh, wanted a recount, and, and good old uh, Dick LaHart sat there for 25 minutes trying to get the wooden nickels out of Taft's box so he could do something. He ended up just throwing them in his pockets. I think he was he trying did, to get yes. them in Volstead's box, but you know, they can't run a clean election between the two of them. It's true. It's true. And and we forgot to mention the way that you voted is that you were given a wooden nickel and the wooden nickel was placed into these clear boxes, all right? Made of some kind of material from space or something. I wasn't familiar with that material, yeah. but um, you could see right through it into the box. It's made of a soft glass, we'll call it. And um, that was interesting. So they bring these over. Agent LaHarge desperately trying to cheat. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, for Volstead, uh, it is obvious that, you know, he is not the winner. So what happens here is, is he demands a recount, and we learn from the ring announcer who is looking in the very real and 100% uh, accurate and uh, authentic rule book that it, it turns out in an election in Huron County, if a uh, you know recount is called for, then there is what is known as a runoff match. Now, the runoff match involves everyone from the card except for Jock Sampson, who went home, I guess. And so, and uh, everybody on the card to come out to make sure that the wrestlers don't run off. Known in the future as a lumberjack match. So we have ourselves the main event, a lumberjack match. They have to choose a challenger, a champion for their cause. It's, you know, it's trial by combat here, John. Who were the champions for each side? Well, it was very obvious who uh, Volstead was going to pick. Um, it was my favorite senator and yours, Senator Shepard. Uh, but not Bernie Sanders. No. Oh. Uh, but Taft threw a curveball, and he called on the ice cream man, Tony Swirl, to be his representative. It's true. And earlier in the night. He was congratulating all these people, like, you know, thanking them for their support over the years. And he's like, oh, you've been at every single old wrestling show. You've been at every single one. And he points over and he's like, you know, Mr. Swirl, you've been at every one as well. And we're like, we've never seen this guy in our life. It's just pretty funny. I, I've happy. never been there, and he looked like a deer in the headlights to me, too. <laughs> so I was like, what the hell? This Tony Swirl gentleman did a great job of acting like, what, me? I don't even know what I'm doing. So he got in the ring, and uh, we had ourselves a lumberjack match. This was my favorite match of the night. It was, um, I to me, this had the biggest crowd pops. This was everybody just laughing hysterically the whole fucking match. John, tell me about it a little bit here. Uh, so... There was a long abdominal stretch spot uh, where um, Senator Shepard got uh, Mr. Swirl in an abdominal stretch, and he would reach outside the ring for a hand, and he got Volstead's hand, which it looked to me like they were just shaking hands. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Um, but then if you looked further, Volstead was connected to every other wrestler on that side of the that side of the ring and they were all shaking hands <laughs> do you know the physics of pro wrestling and why shaking hands as you call it might be something you'd want to do John? no I don't can you tell me it creates leverage 
And when you have leverage, things hurt worse. So not only was there leverage of one guy shaking another guy's hands, but there was like 10 guys shaking hands. And Lee Mitchell was at the very end trying to shake fans' hands too. And that's a lot of leverage. And if he was by me, I would have shook his hand. Would you have? Yeah. You son of a bitch. Would you have not? No, because I like Tony Swirl and I wanted what he had to offer. Because uh, we also learned, I forgot to mention, that if, uh, you know, Wayne Howard Taft promised that he would do his first act. What was his first act going to be if Tony Swirl was going to win, Brandon? If Tony Swirl wins over Senator Shepard... Everyone who wanted one got a free ice cream treat on the ice cream man, Tony Swan. So, bribery. It is an incentive to win. Yes. Um, oh, fair. I like your wording. Incentive yeah. uh -huh. to win. Yeah. Well, he's just, just trying like, to give the people what they want. You know. Just like the incentive for Taft to win is we get to drink. It's true. And holler. So, it sounds, <laughs> like, sounds like you guys voted for Taft because you like to be rewarded and Yes. Uh -huh. So you're like a pet. You like yes. to be rewarded with items. I own a cat. <laughs> and, your cat and your cat probably likes to get treats. She loves them. So she does good things to get a treat. No, she does. <laughs> I'll never pass up an opportunity to tell this joke. And that is that you have a dog, you know, and you take care of your dog, you feed it, you pet it, and your dog looks at you and it thinks, you must be God. You have a cat. Right? And you take care of the cat, you pet the cat, you change its uh, litter box, you feed it, and the cat looks at you and thinks, I must be God. <laughs> I've, I have been told that the only difference between cats and toddlers is that cats are faster and have sharper talons. There you go. John, you got any cat jokes? Uh, I don't. Well, you're a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're quite pleasant yourself. <laughs> Tell me what we're the match. Uh, so, Refi gets away. Senator tries to get away, but gets carried back to the ring. He tries to run away through the back stalls of the horse stable. Um, he had to run right past that guy that was sitting on the horse, and he stepped right in the horse shit, too, which was awesome. And so that's how they were able to catch up with him, mm -hmm. because he slipped, and they got him, and they dragged him back to the ring and slid him in, and that darn drummer was out there doing the little... <laughs> the drum roll and then when they slid it back in he did and I was like you son of a bitch he was having so much fun that drummer I love that guy it's awesome um, that Jamie Coy shout out to Jamie Coy's grandpa <laughs> speaking of horses there's some horses gallop them by uh, the Ruffy the Ruffy Ruffy gets some instructions from Marion Fontaine yeah, did you catch that? it did and it delivers them over to Volstead uh, and I think the instructions were hey Heels, I'll show you the same spot. <laughs> they called us on the fly. That was awesome. Yeah, so they, they did the same spot. Yeah, so the heels grab Senator Shepard and try to carry him off. Mm -hmm. uh, but the good guys, so quote unquote good guys, run over and fight the bad guys, quote unquote, quote unquote bad guys. To me, they're heroes. All right, all right. Carrying off their their champion. Yeah, to lose and defeat, you know, and. But the quote, good guys went and got him, brought him back, and uh, and then they're all brawling right by the ring. And F, or not Effie, Raffy looks like he's about to go up. I mean, and I'm like, he even, he might have even said, I'm going up. <laughs> and we're like, Raffy, why are you going up? But then Tony Swirl's like, hold on, I got this man. 
and he goes off, he dives off the top rope for the first time in his wrestling career, because mm-hmm. this is his first match, and he takes out the whole crowd, and uh, Senator Shepard sneaks back in, and uh, Tony Swirl dives, or comes back in, and it's a roll-up, man. There was like a couple roll-ups in this. And, uh, you know, he did kind of like a Lucha-style roll-up. Gets the win. And, uh, you know, pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. sorry, John. Yeah. You got lost. What happened? President Taft won the runoff. He did. And and that's... So they, they were there so people would run off. You know. But they tried to run off. They did. With Shepard. They couldn't. And we got ice cream. That's right. We all got ice cream, which actually was a popsicle. Red, white, and blue popsicle. Yeah, which is very, I, I felt uh, patriotic. I voted that day. My heart swelled with blood. You know, it was great. Yeah. You know the the best foods are shaped like dicks? Did you ever think about that? I saw a movie once that said that. Yeah. Did you ever draw the dicks like Dale Bass? Remember that? Uh, yeah, I did draw some dicks. <laughs> did you? Can't stop it. Put a little Great t-shirt question. on it. <laughs> uh, that is funny. So... Awesome. Well, that was Old Wrestling Extravaganza 2021. We had to wait two years to get it. I'm so happy that I went. Um, Brandon, tell me all about your experience in old wrestling. Do you want to go back? I mean, what what do you think about all this? I, I, if you've ever heard me sing the praises of Unsanctioned Pro, I will tell you all about how much more fun I have there than going to WWE, which I've been front row at. Um, but this is a different piece. I, I go to uh, Unsanctioned Pro to enjoy hard-hitting hardcore wrestling. I go to old wrestling. I've now, from now on, <laughs> for a laugh, a good time, uh, and, and a spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, actually, I heard I didn't mention this. On the way to the bathroom, I heard this kid go, <laughs> I think that part was scripted because there was a lot of cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Mark? So like these kids? I was like, somebody jumped that kid. <laughs> Starting them young. Sorry, Mark Marks. It was great. I don't, I've, I'm like, I, I've never had such like a purely, this is just everybody's having a good time for a good time. I, it's, that was one of the most fun things I've ever been to. That was really awesome. I'm really glad I went. I, I hope we can get a whole cra- crowd of people to go with us sometime. Yeah, you have some friends that would have had a blast up there. I, I um, think they were. Sure. Now, how did, how did you hear about this place? How did you know that you wanted to go to this? You. Oh, me? Oh, <laughs> uh, putting yourself over no, there. Oh, I am? No, he is. I, he's putting me over. I what think because when, when we were doing uh, the Headlocks and Hangovers podcast, I think you had just, like, briefly mentioned old wrestling, and I was like, I have no idea what that one is. And you expounded on it. I was like, what? And I went on their Twitter, and I looked at all the photos, and I was like, oh, my God, this looks awesome. And then I was watching... Uh, uh, clips on IWTV with Fresh Voice, and I I saw, uh, uh, what is his name? I, I asked you this earlier, John. Um, uh, Buster Holmes? Oh, uh, Boomer Hatfield? Boomer oh, Hatfield. Boomer, yeah, he's great. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I saw him, and I saw Mary Fontaine, and I just, like, I kind of fell in love with the idea of this, and I was just trying to find the first show I could go to. So I, as soon as I saw the advertisement for this, I was like, yes, I'm going. I don't care who goes with me. I'm going. Well, we at the Road Home from Wrestling podcast, you know, our goal 
is to have this thing happen where people go, oh, I heard that on, about you on about that thing on your show. You know, I want to go to that. So that happens. So the magic happened. Uh, that's what old wrestling's all about. John, tell me about your second experience at old wrestling. And, um, you know, how was it different? How was it better, worse, all that stuff? Uh, I would say just slightly a little less as exciting just because I've been before and I kind of knew what to kind of go into. But that doesn't say it's like any less fun. Like I still had a blast. Uh, I love the idea of a self-contained wrestling show oh, shit. that yes. tells a story all in one night. I think that's kind of why I like one night tournaments as well is like you have all the matches in one night and you get them all done and you complete the story and then you, you don't have to walk in knowing any prehistory uh, and you don't have to leave having to think like oh I gotta remember this for the next show next month like you can get it all done in one show and that's what I love about this and they put on such a fun entertaining story that's like family friendly and doesn't have to be like really gross or vulgar and uh yeah, I like that. What about you? Oh, you want to know what I think? Oh, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Um, you know, there's a word that gets thrown a lot around a lot in the future on the inner tubes, and that word is wholesome. Um, and people use it to describe things that aren't wholesome a lot of times. Um, this is a wholesome show. And there's something about wholesome joy that's a little different than, like, other types of joy. You know what I mean? It's got a little different flavor to it. And, uh, you know, that's what this show's all about. And I fucking love that, you know? Um, I, I just love this show. I want to go to it all the time. But one of the great things about old wrestling is it doesn't happen all the time. So because it doesn't, I mean, especially now, you know what I mean? So because it doesn't happen all the time, it's extra special. So we've gone recently uh, from going to, you know, I don't know, 8 to 12 wrestling shows a month to 2 or 1. You know what I mean? So... Uh, to me, this was an extra extra special experience. We had to bring back the Road Home from Wrestling podcast just for this episode, just for the simple reason that we just had to, you know. And I'm so glad we did it. I'm so glad we got to, uh, you know, involve someone else in it this time. And I hope that next time we get some of the other hosts to come because, man, they would absolutely fucking love this. And the more folks that would come to this, the better. I love the crowd. I love the whole bit. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite places to go. I can't wait to go again. We did it, guys. We did it. Yeah. We made it home. What do you think? So, I, uh, um, Brandon, you got any plugs or anything? I don't know. I, uh... <laughs> One of the old episodes of Head, Headlocks and Hangovers are still available on Facebook, right? Yeah, uh, Facebook and YouTube. It's just Headlocks and Hangovers, just like it sounds. Um, I do a little bit of voice work, uh, so you might hear me... Uh, well, you've heard me in the featured ads for the last Unsanctioned Pro show. Have we, though? Or have they been loud enough that we can hear you? I think so. <laughs> think so okay um but then uh, I, we're gonna have some more stuff coming up in the future so look for me i guess well listen for me on uh um, on upcoming unsanctioned pro sponsored ads there you go outstanding unsanctioned pros in columbus ohio tremendous promotion that we like to support john you got any plugs anything you want to tell people no we got some plans though <laughs> right yeah we got some more, uh, the one thing we, since we don't do traditional Road Home episodes anymore, we kind of do our Road Home from cinema, or mm -hmm. the movies. Ooh. Uh, so I think we have a couple of movies that we're talking about doing uh, here in the future, in the next couple of weeks, and so uh, just look forward to that. My, I, I tweet once every six months, so. You're funny on Twitter, though, when you do tweet. I like it. Thanks. If you want to, I'm at jhat05. 
That's right, on Twitter. And uh, our show is The Road Home FW on Twitter. Uh, I am at Drusifer Tweets. And uh, you can find me every week on the Never Open Podcast where I discuss New Japan Pro Wrestling with my buddy Luke from Australia. And um, also every week now, me and co-host Dean, we are covering the Star Show Heels. So, uh, you know, the episode about episode three, or, you know, our episode about episode three of Heels will be out tomorrow. Uh, that's Monday. And uh, that'll be great. And so check that out. That's on the Road Home feed. So you can find that here uh, every week going forward. And who knows what else we might do. But I will tell you, John, that's called the Road Home on film. And you know that. You're so distracted by your guy not winning. And the fact that now you can drink alcohol. You know what I mean? I'm going to go drink uh, tonight because Wolstead lost. Wow. (laughs) That is extremely hypocritical but it will be in the future where it's legal to drink so uh i think that's pretty much it anything else anybody else on there i don't think so i'm set all right well thank you guys so much for listening sayonara